Welcome to Zichud Afsi Man Rambamre Abram Goldhar and Terim Rizakas Yavamas Daf Kuf Zain, the 15th Paraka Isha. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Mishnah states regarding what extent a woman is believed when she testifies that her husband has died. Bishamai say, She may marry and collect her ksuba. The Mishnah clarifies that although Basila originally disagreed and said that she may not collect her ksuba, they eventually reversed themselves and ruled in accordance with Bishamai. Rav Nachman said that if a woman comes to Basin and said, my husband died, permit me to marry, we permit her to marry and give her the ksuba. But if she said, my husband died, tenuli ksuba si, give me my ksuba, we do not give her the ksuba. And we do not even permit her to marry. The reason is that died the ksuba asa. She came to Basin for the purpose of collecting her ksuba. Rashi explains that she had come for a monetary issue, which requires two witnesses. Pointing to the next mission, the Dove states regarding testifying that a woman's husband has died, Everyone is believed to testify for her, except her mother-in-law, her mother-in-law's daughter, her tsar, her yavam's wife, and her stepdaughter. Rashi explains that they are not believed since they hate her and intend to cause her harm by lying. For example, the mother-in-law hates her, for she sees her as someone who will consume her son's inheritance from his father, which includes what resulted from the mother-in-law's efforts and possessions she brought into the marriage. They want to ask what the halacha is with respect to Bas Chamiya, her father-in-law's daughter, from a different wife. Is the reason the mother-in-law's daughter is not believed is because her mother hates her, so too she hates her, and in this case, there is no mother-in-law? Or is it because she says that the daughter-in-law will consume her mother's efforts, and so too here, she'll consume her father-in-law's efforts? The Gemara does not resolve the question. And point with you, the next Mishnah states, Eidomer meis venises, ba'echod ba'amra lomes, arzelotetze. If one witness says her husband died, and she married on the basis of that testimony, and then another witness comes and says he did not die, she does not leave, referring to her second husband. The Gemara says it seems the only reason we disregard the second witness's testimony is that she had already married, but if she had not yet married, she would not have been permitted to do so. But why should this be? For Ula said, Wherever the Torah believes a single witness, it's as though there are two witnesses there. Therefore, even if a second witness comes and testifies to the contrary, the words of one witness are not significant relative to the words of two witnesses. This being the case, a woman should have been permitted to marry even if the second witness testified before she had done so. The Gemara answers that the mission is in fact saying that if one witness testified saying he died, and Basin permitted her to marry on that basis, and then a second witness comes before she remarries and testifies to the contrary, she does not leave her original state of heter. So once again, the three points are, the Mishnah states regarding to what extent a woman is believed when she testifies that her husband has died. She may marry and collect her ksuba. The Mishnah clarifies that although Basila originally disagreed and said that she may not collect her ksuba, they eventually reversed themselves and ruled in accordance with Beishamai. Rav Nachman said that if a woman comes to Basin and said, my husband died, permit me to marry, we permit her to marry and give her the ksuba. But if she said, my husband died, tenuli ksuba si, give me my ksuba. We do not give her the ksuba. And we do not even permit her to marry. The reason is that died the ksuba asa. She came to Basin for the purpose of collecting her ksuba. Rashi explains that she had come for a monetary issue, which requires two witnesses. Pointing to the next mission, the Duff states regarding testifying that a woman's husband has died. Everyone is believed to testify for her, except her mother-in-law, her mother-in-law's daughter, her tsar, her yavam's wife, and her stepdaughter. Rashi explains that they are not believed since they hate her and intend to cause her harm by lying. For example, the mother-in-law hates her, for she sees her as someone who will consume her son's inheritance from his father, which includes what resulted from the mother-in-law's efforts and possessions she brought into the marriage. 
The Gemara asks what the halacha is with respect to Baschamia, her father-in-law's daughter, from a different wife. Is the reason the mother-in-law's daughter is not believed is because her mother hates her, so too she hates her, and in this case, there is no mother-in-law? Or is it because she says that the daughter-in-law will consume her mother's efforts, and so too here? She'll consume her father-in-law's efforts. The Gemara does not resolve the question. And point with you, the next Mishnah states, Eidomer meis venises, ba'echod ba'amra lomes arzeloteitse. If one witness says her husband died, and she married on the basis of that testimony, and then another witness comes and says he did not die, she does not leave, referring to her second husband. The Gemara says it seems the only reason we disregard the second witness's testimony is that she had already married, but if she had not yet married, she would not have been permitted to do so. But why should this be? For Ula said, Wherever the Torah believes a single witness, it's as though there are two witnesses there. Therefore, even if a second witness comes and testifies to the contrary, the words of one witness are not significant relative to the words of two witnesses. This being the case, a woman should have been permitted to marry even if the second witness testified before she had done so. The Gemara answers that the mission is in fact saying that if one witness testified saying he died, and Basin permitted her to marry on that basis, and then a second witness comes before she remarries and testifies to the contrary, she does not leave her original state of Heter. Alright, so now we go to our Simradav Kufiyad Zayn, and this one was suggested to us by Moshe Raps from Yushalayim. He suggested Kufiyad Zayn is a Gabai with a set of keys. A Gabai with a set of keys. So here goes. The Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died, give me my ksuba, nor was permitted to marry when her father-in-law's daughter testified that he had passed away, was finally permitted to marry when a single witness testified to his death, even though a second one came after and contradicted his testimony. Once again, it's emotion. The Gabai's wife, Gabai's wife, that must be more tough. Kufiyad Zayn, Gabai, with a set of keys. The Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died. Give me my ksuba. Which reminds us, the Mishnah states regarding to what extent a woman is believed when she testifies that her husband has died. She may marry and collect her ksuba. Rav Nachman said, but if she said, my husband died, give me my ksuba, we do not give her the ksuba and we do not even permit her to marry. The reason is a daita ksuba asai. She came to Basin for the purpose of collecting her ksuba. Rashi explains that she had come for a monetary issue, which requires two witnesses. So the Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died. Give me my ksuba. Nor was permitted to marry when her father-in-law's daughter testified that he passed away, which reminds us. The next mission of the Dov states regarding testifying that a woman's husband had died, Everyone is believed to testify for her, except her mother-in-law, her mother-in-law's daughter, her tsar, her yavin's wife, and her stepdaughter. Rashi explains that they're not believed since they hate her and intend to cause her harm by lying. The Gemara asks what the halach is with regard to Abbas Chamiya, her father-in-law's daughter from a different wife, and leaves a question unresolved. So the Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, my husband who left his keys more than me, died, give me my ksuba, nor was permitted to marry when her father-in-law's daughter testified that he had passed away, was finally permitted to marry when a single witness testified to his death, even though a second one came after and contradicted his testimony. Which reminds us, the Gemara explains that if one witness testified saying he died, 
and based and permitted her to marry on that basis. And then a second witness comes before she remarries and testifies to the contrary. She does not leave her original state of Heter. This is because, as Zula said, Wherever the Torah believes a single witness, it's as though there are two witnesses there. Therefore, even if a second witness comes and testifies to the contrary, the words of one witness are not significant relative to the words of two witnesses. So once again, the Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died, give me my ksuba, nor was permitted to marry when her father-in-law's daughter testified he had passed away, was finally permitted to marry when a single witness testified to his death, even though a second one came after it and contradicted his testimony. All right, now it's time for Four Blabat Chazara. Daf Kuf Yud Gimel. So the simmer Daf Kuf Yud Gimel is a geek. So here goes. The computer geek who was enthusiastically writing the Katana versus Hareshes marriage software program to automatically remind husbands that the Hareshes is the one who cannot receive Truma the Rabbanan, Nora Kasuba, was constantly being interrupted by his Shota wife. He could not divorce because Rabbanan did not permit him. Once again, it's slow motion. The computer geek, geek, that must be more enough, Kofiud Gimel. The computer geek who was enthusiastically writing the Katana vs. Hareshes marriage software program to automatically remind husbands that the Hareshes is the one who cannot receive Truma Durabanan, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, what's the difference between a Katana who eats Durabanan Truma and a Hareshes who does not eat Durabanan Truma? After the first reason is rejected, the Gemara explains that the real reason a Hareshes may not eat Truma is Gezer Shemiyachu Cheresh Bipikakas, a decree less a deaf mute Cohen feed the rice of Truma, to his competent wife, since she's competent and responsible for her actions and only married on a rabbinic level to the Cohen, she would be Chayv Misa. So the computer geek who was enthusiastically writing the Katana versus Hareshes marriage software program to automatically remind husbands that the Hareshes is the one who cannot receive Truma the Rabbanan, Nora Kasuba, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, what is the difference between the Katana who has the right to a Ksuba and a Hareshes that does not have the right to a Ksuba? And the answer is that if a Hareshes received a Ksuba, men would be dissuaded and not marry her in the first place. Rashi explains that men will not be dissuaded from marrying a Katana since she will eventually become competent. The Gemara said, if this is so regarding the marriage of a competent woman and a Hareshes, we talking like Suba. Let the Rabban institute a Suba for her. For if the competent women do not get one, they would be dissuaded and not marry deaf mute men. The Gemara answers that it's not necessary since more than a man desires to get married, a woman desires to get married. So the computer geek who was enthusiastically writing the Katana versus Hareshes marriage software program to automatically remind husbands that the Hareshes is the one who cannot receive Truma de Rabbanan, Nora Kasuba, was constantly being interrupted by his Shota wife. He could not divorce because the Rabbanan did not permit him, which reminds us, the Mishnah Daf Kuf Yud stated that if a man married a woman who subsequently became a Shota, insane, he may not divorce her. Yitzhak said, Under the Raisa law, a Shota can be divorced just like a Pikachas can be divorced against her will. What's the reason the Rabban said she cannot be divorced? So that people will not treat her in a Hefker way after the divorce. The Gemara clarifies that Rabbi Yitzhak's teaching refers to one who can safeguard her get so she can be the rice of divorce but cannot safeguard herself from being treated in a Hefker way. Daf Kuf Yudal. So the similar Daf Kuf Yudalad is a kitty park. So here goes. The rabbi lost his keys on Shabbos and took his children to the kitty park. Kitty park? That must be more in Daf Kuf Yudalad. 
The rabbi lost his keys on Shabbos and took his children to the kiddie park by way of Rishus Rabim, which reminds us Rabbi Yitzhak Barbisna once lost his keys to the base midrash in Rishus Rabim on Shabbos. He came before Rabbi Vidas, who told him, go bring some young boys and girls to that place and let them play there, for if they find the keys, they'll bring them back on their own. The Gemara concludes, Rabbi Padas holds, cotton ochel nevelos, aim based in mitzuvim la frisho. That if a cotton is found eating nevela meat or any other derisive iser, basin is not chayev to separate him from that activity. If Basin were chayv, then Rabbi Padas would not permit the children who found the keys to carry them daladamos in Rishus Rabin. So the rabbi lost his keys on Shabbos and took his children to the kiddie park by way of Rishus Rabin, told his son not to extinguish the fire that broke out in the swing set, which reminds us, one must tell a Jewish child that he cannot extinguish a fire on Shabbos since Shvizaso Alem. His resting is the adult's responsibility, and the child would do it al das avi, based on the understanding of what his father wishes. Whereas one does not have to tell an idolater to not extinguish a fire, since his Shvizas not the Jews' responsibility. And even if the idolater did it because he thought that's what the Jews wanted, it's still not a problem because over Kochadim had died to the nafshi of it. And the idolater always acts according to his own thinking. And Rashi explains that even if the Jew is not aware of the fire, the idolater will put it out knowing that he will receive a reward for doing so. So the rabbi lost his keys on Shabbos and took his children to the kiddie park by way of Rejusa Rabim, told the son not to extinguish the fire that broke out on the swing set, and assured his daughter that the boy pretending to be shot by an arrow isn't necessarily dead. Which reminds us, in the case of where a man and woman went overseas, when there was peace between them but war in the world, the woman is not believed to say that her husband died. And if you were to suggest that since there is peace between them, then she would not testify until she saw him dead, there's still a concern that she'll have seen him wounded by an arrow or a spear, and she assumes that he must have died when there are times when he can get medical care and still survive. Daf Kuftes Vav, so the similar Daf Kuftes Vav, is a Katoris maker. So here goes. The Katoris maker's wife, Katoris maker, that must be on Daf the Katoris maker's wife, who said there was a war going on, where her husband had died, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, If a woman established for us that there was a war in some part of the world, what is the halacha regarding believing her that her husband died in the war? The Gemara attempts to bring a proof from a case where a woman is believed when she says that she and her husband were attacked by idolaters or least him and her husband was killed. The Gemara rejects this proof, saying the reason we believe her in this case is that she stayed with her husband until he actually died. As Ravidi said, A woman's weapons are always upon her. The Mepharshim explained that it's presumed that the idolaters or bandits will spare her life to have illicit relations with her. Therefore, she could remain with her husband to see that he died and not need to flee like she would in the case of a war. So the Katoris maker's wife, who said there was a war going on where her husband had died, was approached by two women for per- perfume, since they smelled like fish from being at sea, where they identified true drowned men. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks, what's the luck regarding an aid echad, a single witness, who testifies to a husband's death during wartime? The Gemara brings an incident where the wives of Tutacham and Chukhamim were permitted to remarry based on the testimony of women who saw them drown. Now, since drowning is akin to dying at war, and the testimony of women, even 100 women, is considered like the testimony of one witness, we see that one witness is believed that a husband died at war. The more rejects this answer, saying the situation was where the woman said they brought the bodies up in our presence, and we saw them immediately while they were still identifiable, and they said the simanim, the marks had identified them as the tamlechukhamim. Therefore, the rabbis did not rely on their testimony, but on the simanim they saw. So the Katoris maker's wife, who said there was a war going on where her husband had died, was approached by two women for perfume since they smelled like fish from being at sea, where they identified two drowned men, who had the exact same names as two other men who were traveling. Which reminds us, Yitzhak Reish Galusa, the son of the sister of Bivi, was going from Katava to Aspamia when he died. They sent the following message from there. Yitzhak Reish Galusa from Katava died. The Gemara asks, do we need to suspect there are two Yitzhaks or not? Abai said we must be concerned, and Rava says we do not need to be concerned. 
Daf Kuftez Zayin. So the Simur Daf Kuftez Zayin is a barber giving haircuts. So here goes. The barber, barber, that must be more Daf Kuftez Zayin. Barber giving haircuts. The barber listening to his customer talk about the strife he was having with his wife, which reminds us the Mishnah Daf Kufya Dalad Amun Bey stated, Katata Beinola Beinam Vashon Ba'olam Inanah Menes. If there was conflict between him and her and peace in the world, the wife is not believed to say her husband died when they were overseas. The Gemara here asks, Heki Dami Katata Beinola Beinam. What is considered conflict between him and her? And concludes that it's when she says, You've divorced me in the presence of pony and pony. And when the witnesses are asked, they say, It never happened. So the barber listening to his customer talk about the strife he was having with his wife overheard the judge waiting for a haircut advise a woman on the phone to dress up and look like a mourner. Which reminds us of what Yudin the Mishnah said regarding a woman testifying that her husband died overseas. She's never believed unless she comes weeping with her clothing torn. The Chamin responded, Whether one woman displays signs of mourning and another does not, they're both believed and are permitted to marry. The Gemara cites an incident with a woman who came to Rabbi Huda's basin to testify that her husband had died. Some rabbis there at the basin told her to show signs of mourning by crying over her husband, tearing her clothing, and disheveling her hair. These were buttoned held like the Chami that she's believed without showing signs of mourning. But they knew Rabbi Yudah would not permit her to marry unless she showed such signs. So the barber listening to his customer talk about the strife he was having with his wife overheard the judge waiting for a haircut advise a woman on the phone to dress up and look like a mourner. And that it was okay her husband died during the olive harvest and not the grain harvest. Which reminds us, the next mission states that Basil said regarding believing a woman who testifies about her husband's death, We have not heard this tradition except in a case where she comes in the grain harvest and in the same country, as were the circumstances in the case which is the basis for this ruling. The Gemara explains that before Basil retracted this ruling, the rationale was that a woman would be afraid to lie in a place where the incident occurred because her testimony could be contradicted by others. Beishamah's reply would be she would still be afraid to lie even where she testifies that he had died in a different country because caravans bringing people from that country are common. All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zich wishing you a great day and great learning.